This evening, we are looking at the topic of spiritual lessons from isometric exercises. Now, you may wonder, you know, what can we learn from physical exercises? But if you look at, you know, this uh, man doing his exercises, these are simple exercises, but it actually is helping him to build up strength. Not necessarily muscles, but build up strength. So, when was the last time you tried opening a jar, but you couldn't open it because it was too tight, you didn't have strength? Or you tried lifting a very heavy item, and again, you found that you didn't have strength to do it. But this uh, evening, as we look at this study, I hope you'll be able to pick up some simple exercises, plus also some spiritual lessons from them which will enable you to get strength. Charles Atlas was a very famous weakling who became a champion bodybuilder, okay? And he was the one who developed a system for building strength that relied on something called this isometric exercises. And these exercises are good for building strength. Even though you can buy exercise machines that work on the same principle, the greatest thing about these exercises is that you can do them with things around the house. You don't really need to buy something. What is already there, you can use them to build up your strength. So what are these exercises? What are these exercises? These involve exertion of force against a fixed object or a muscle contraction that holds an object in one position. So these are exercises that involve an exertion of force against a fixed object, against a fixed object, okay? So the basic idea is to find something that would not move when you push or pull or try and lift it up. Then what you do is you try to push or pull or lift it, okay? Something that is fixed, something will not move. And your job is to make sure that you're pushing all your force into it to try and push it when you know it's not going to you know, be moved. So it may sound silly, and if it's not going to move, why do this? But that's the way it works. For example, if you have to build up your arm strength, think of these two exercises. If you put your palms together in front of you at about the length of your chest and push your hands together, as hard as you can. So when you're doing this, you're pushing yourself hard, as and uh, uh, pushing together as hard as you can. You can do this repeatedly in short spurts or in one long press. Or you can stand in front of a door or in front of a wall and put your hands at shoulder level on the door or on the wall and press outward against it. This again is going to pick up strength in your arms. Now, if you try these exercises for a few days, you know, you'll be surprised at the strength that you have picked up. So what are the benefits of these exercises? These exercises actually help build up strength. They actually help build up strength. Now, this isn't the most effective way to grow muscle, but it helps you to build or to maintain strength, okay? Now, there is a, a person who studies all these exercises, and he says, you know, 
a large portion of the strength you gain by doing these exercises is from training your nervous system. It's by training your nervous system. You know, it is primarily training your nervous system to coordinate with your muscles in that specific position and fire the right muscles at the right time. So it is like communicating in you know, a sort of messages to your brain to say, hey, I need strength over here. So as a result, you are pushing yourself to pick up more strength. It is not picking up muscle, but it is picking up strength. So what's the link between temptations and these exercises? Well, temptations are kind of, you know, these exercises for your spiritual muscles and for building up spiritual strength. How does this happen? With every temptation that you resist, okay, you become stronger. If you give in, you know, you are going to fail. But if you press yourself, resist those temptations, you become stronger in that area. The resistance is what builds strength, whether the muscles are physical or are spiritual. And as you build your physical muscles, you'll find that the jars are easier to open and boxes are easier to lift. And as you build your spiritual muscles, you'll find that temptations also become easier to resist. So how can we build up strength, the inner strength? How can we send messages to our spiritual nervous system to say, I'm strong? Because when we have resisted, we have won the victory, then that gives us more strength inside to know that with the help of God, these temptations can definitely be overcome. So what is a temptation? What is a temptation? It, we must first of all define temptations, isn't it? The Webster's and a dictionary meaning for the word tempt means to entice to do wrong by promise of pleasure or gain to entice to do wrong. You know, you're offered something to say, hey, if you do this, you will get this, you know, and that is something that is wrong to be done. That's a temptation. That's one way, one aspect of temptation, to entice to do wrong. The second part of temptation is to make a trial of or to do a test, to check, okay? Now, that is why, you know, the words that are used in Scripture sometimes are used interchangeably for temptation and testing. The Greek word that is used actually means an experiment or a trial or something to be proven or an enticement to sin. So the same situation can either be a proving to find out what is your capacity or it could also be something that will make you trip and fall. It all depends on how much the strength that you have inside of you. So this is why if you have built up yourself through these spiritual exercises, when temptations come our way, then instead of easily yielding to say, I don't have any strength, because of the strength, the inner strength that is built up in you, you'd be able to overcome temptations, okay? Now, the English word temptation comes from the Latin word temptare, which means more literally to feel or to try out, to feel or to try out. So the Latin root emphasizes the notion that temptation is not merely a bad thing, but it also serves both as a kind of test of the depth and the strength of our faith and also an opportunity to 
hone our skills and deepen and purify our faith by God's grace. So temptations, testing, it is like you know, you know, you're sitting for an exam. You want to make sure what is the capacity inside of you to get your grades. You know? So temptations are tests to prove what is inside, what is the capacity of strength that you have. It is not to make you do wrong, you know, but it is only to show how much strength you have inside of you to overcome it. So this is why there's an importance of spiritual exercises, because just as much as if you don't exercise at all, then you don't have any strength in you to do the smallest of smallest in our jobs. But if you have picked up strength, then you're easily able to handle things maybe that others are not able to handle. So similarly, even in the spiritual side, once we have learned the importance of these exercises, how it is going to help us, then we would be willing to do some of these exercises. So let's look at the importance of these exercises. Okay, number one, spiritual exercises are both personal as well as interpersonal. Now, these are exercises which we can do personally, you know, all alone by ourselves, and also we can do together with other believers. So, for example, we can pray alone. This is a personal exercise of prayer, but we can also pray together with God's people. And if you notice, Jesus definitely did this constantly, isn't it? That is why even though he was tempted, the Bible says, in all points like as we are, yet he was without sin. He prayed together with his disciples. He went to the synagogues to pray, but he also spent time individually early in the morning with God. Number two, spiritual exercises are activities. They are activities. They are some things that you do. They are not just qualities. They are actual activities. This is why in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, Paul writing to Timothy says, discipline yourself, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So even when you read the Bible, that is an activity, that is a spiritual discipline that you're doing so that you would be strong, so that you would become godly. So spiritual activities, uh, spiritual exercises are activities. They are not attitudes, but they are activities. Thirdly, spiritual exercises are taught or modeled in the Bible. Now, these are not just exercises that we say, okay, if you do this, it will be good. But no, we look at all these and recognize that Jesus did it. It is mentioned in Scripture. It is taught in Scripture. So we are not coming up with something new to you know, bolster your feeling inside. You know, it's not a question of you think that you are strong, put it into your head. None of all those new gimmicks that people come up with. But these are exercises that are specifically mentioned or somebody has modeled it in scripture. Number four, spiritual exercises help us to grow into Christ-likeness. Remember the purpose you know, we are saying is to become more godly. Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 tells us, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. For what? For teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So when we are doing these exercises, we build strength, we are equipped, 
we become like Christ. So that is why these exercises are important. Number five, spiritual exercises are a means and not the end. They are a means and not the end. The purpose is so that we become godly. That's what 1 Timothy 4, 7 said, isn't it? They are not an end in themselves. It is not to say, look here, I read my Bible, I prayed, I did this, I did that, so, and I've done it. No, that exercise is done. No, the purpose for that, that is what we have to work towards, okay? So let's go look now this evening at 12 exercises, okay? 12 exercises that will help you to make your faith strong. Just as much as every athlete must train to win, every Christian must also make their faith strong by using these exercises. Remember, nobody just you know, drifts into you know, becoming strong or becoming you know, sort of, uh, uh, what shall we say, exercised enough to win in an athletic race, isn't it? There has to be a discipline. There has to be a, a, a constant daily maintenance. There has to be a workout constantly. This is why Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, train yourself for godliness. Train yourself. That's a training that has to be done. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. So he says, yes, doing physical exercises helps you to get strength. But he's saying, train yourself. Do these spiritual exercises so that your purpose is I want to be like Christ. Now, ask yourself this evening, you know, is that your goal? Do you want godliness in your life? Do you want to get victory over temptations in your life? Do you want to be strong you know, spiritually? If this is your desire, if this is your goal, then these 12 spiritual exercises will help you, okay? So let's look at them one by one. Number one, the first spiritual exercises is study. Study of God's Word. Study of God's Word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Okay? This is a very important exercise to make our faith strong. Because as we study the Word, the Bible tells us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as we read the word, as we study the word, as we look at the promises of God, then we find that God gives us the strength to withstand those temptations that come our way. When Satan comes to say, and hey, I have a lot of power, you know, you can say, no, you don't have power because God's word tells me that the one who is in me is greater than you. What about Jesus when he was here or not? If you notice as a boy, he amazed the, 12, the teachers you know, in Jerusalem by his understanding of the law, isn't it? And he was able to quote back to Satan, you know, with scripture. When Satan said, it is written, you know, Jesus said, no, it is, this is what is written. And he often used scripture in his teaching. So a study of God's word will definitely help us to build up strength. Now we can read the Bible as a physical book or as a digital device or by listening to it on audio or we can listen to the Bible that is taught in our church or when we come together every week. We can also meditate on God's word. Psalm 119, verse 97, the psalmist says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. 
So the first important spiritual exercise is to make us strong against the temptations of life is to put God's word into our minds and live by it. Number two, the second exercise is prayer, is prayer. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us with confidence. God has given us this important tool of prayer because prayer basically is how we talk to God. And when we talk, the Bible says he listens. So he says, let us draw with confidence. Did Jesus pray? Yes, he prayed so many times, isn't it? So many times in the scripture, the Bible speaks about you know, Jesus praying. And if Jesus being God needed to pray, how much more you and I need to use this important tool that God has given to us to resist Satan, to build up strength into our lives. When we feel that we are weak, the temptations are too strong, come to God in prayer and ask him for strength. Number three, the third spiritual exercise is fasting. Fasting. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 19 says, Their God is their belly, their glory is their shame, with mindset on earthly things. Now, fasting is abstaining, not necessarily only from food, but for anything that you like for a time period. And in that time period, what you're saying is, God, I'm going to give up the time that I spend doing this, and I'm going to spend time with you to build up my relationship with you. Now, for most people, food is a big thing, so that's why oftentimes we speak about fasting only with food. But it could be a time of your sports time, or a time of your TV time, or a time that you are doing something else which you love doing. And you're saying, Lord, for a time period, maybe this day, I'm not going to spend time in that, but that time, that time that I would spend doing that activity, I'm going to spend time with you. And by so doing, what you're saying is your spiritual is more important than the earthly. Again, that is how you are able to build up strength in your life against the temptation. Number four, the fourth spiritual exercise is confession. Confession. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 28 and verse 13, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy, will find mercy. Yes, when we are facing the temptation, maybe sometimes you have you know, given in, don't feel that is the end of it. Pick yourself up again. It's like in the exercises, maybe at a certain point of time you find it was too much, you're taking a break or whatever, you know, you get back to it, you get back to it, keep doing it. And the important thing is when we have fallen, not to think that it is all over, now I will never be strong. But no, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God is willing to give us a clean slate. He wants us to be strong spiritually. And as we do take those baby steps as it were in these exercises, you know, we will find that we will become stronger in our walk with God. Number five, the fifth spiritual exercise is worship, is worship. 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 29 tells us, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord 
in the splendor of holiness. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Oftentimes we have associated worship with only singing. But worship is much more than that. The English word worship actually comes from the word worship. Okay, worship. Basically saying we are worshiping God because we feel that he is worthy of worship. He is worthy of worship. So during the time, you know, when you get up in the morning, maybe there's a song in your mind which you sing and worship before God. During the day, you're recognizing how good God is, how great God is, and you worship him. You speak to him. That is what worship is all about. And this discipline of worshiping God helps us to focus our attention on God. That's the, way, that's the key thing. Otherwise, we'll be beginning to worship what the world is offering. The world offers so many things to say, hey, you do this, you do this, worship this. And that's what Satan tempted Jesus, isn't it? You know, you know, he tempted him and said, worship me. But the Lord said, no, nothing doing. You shall worship only the Lord your God. So Satan comes and tries to offer Sometimes it may be the good things of this world and say, worship this and I live for this. But no, when we are able to worship God and saying, God, you are worthy of worship. Nothing that the world offers me is really worthy enough in comparison with who you are and what you have done for me. So when we come together as a fellowship or when we are alone in our rooms, when we think about the greatness of God, focus our attention on him, and worship him. It could be with words. It could be with no words. It could be with song. All this is focusing our attention on God. And that is how we get our strength. Number six, the spiritual exercise number six is fellowship. Is fellowship. Why did the church grow? Early church grow the way they did. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 tells us they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship. Now, fellowship is not just a social activity. Fellowship is basically believers coming together to encourage one another in the faith. This is why in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, the writer says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. And that happens when we are meeting together, when we are sharing together when we are praying for one another, when we are lifting up one another. Maybe somebody is feeling down and out. Somebody else prays for that individual so, so that that person feels lifted up. Or maybe somebody is going through hardships and trials and temptations are too much. He is asking for prayer. That is what fellowship is. Fellowship is not sitting and just going away. It's not a social activity. It is actually a very vibrant activity for fellow believers. <clears throat> Number seven, the spiritual exercise of rest, spiritual exercise of rest. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. You know, the modern generation actually suffers from busyness, from busyness. A lot of times people say, I'm busy, I'm busy. I just don't have time. But the spiritual exercise of rest, taking time off, this is why God has put one day of the week for rest, so that during the rest of the week we are busy, we take a break, you know, we rest, we realign ourselves, we refocus on the things that are really important. Rest helps a great deal. It's like if a person is working nonstop, you know, for 
you know, 24 hours, 48 hours, you know, then what happens, you know, his body becomes weak. But when he takes a break, you know, then his rest, you know, then he is renewed. It builds up strength in him. Number eight, the spiritual exercise of celebration. Celebration. Paul writing to Philippians in chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoicing can be a great strength, isn't it? Can be a great strength. Times when you, you know, feel you know, you're weak, think of the things that God has done for you. Don't think of the things that God has not done. Think of the things that God has done and begin to say thank you to God. That will enable you to lift your spirits up. Maybe you're facing temptations. At that time, you're rejoicing. That is why, you know, James writing in his epistles says, count it all joy when you go through these trials and testings because through this, you're going to become mature. So the temptations are too strong. Again, at that time, rejoice because God has allowed you to go through that so that you can depend on him and you can become strong. So when you have resisted, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But before that, the scripture says, submit yourselves to God. So when we submit ourselves to him, find strength in him, resist Satan, he flees, we get the victory in the, over the temptation, then there's cause for rejoicing. So look at times in which God has given you the victory and spend time rejoicing, celebrating what God has done. That will help you to be strong internally. Number nine, the spiritual exercise of service, of service. Basically, not to think about yourself, begin to think about others. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Service requires humility. Remember Jesus in John chapter 13, when nobody was willing to wash the feet of the disciples, he took the apron, he took the basin of water and began to wash the feet of the disciples. Everybody was thinking about themselves. They say, I don't want to get my hands dirty. Look at the feet, how dirty they are. But Jesus did not bother about that. And when we begin to think about service for others, then the problems that we are going through, that seems much, much lesser. And we are able to then get strength inside to reach out and to help others as well. So service is a key exercise to get off our feelings of you know, being down and out. And when we are facing temptations, when we are able to serve somebody else who is going through situations in life, then the Bible says you are able to comfort others with the same comfort that you received when you went through those sufferings. So that becomes an opportunity for service. Number 10, the spiritual exercise of generosity. The spiritual exercise of generosity. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Everything that we have actually belongs to God. We are only managing God's resources, whether it's our time, whether it's our talent, whether it is you know, the different abilities that God has given to us, you know, time, talents, and treasure, and the money, all this that God has given to us. Remember, this doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. So as a result, instead of holding it, instead of looking after it and saying it is mine, whether it's the time, 
whether it's your talents or whether it's a treasure, learn to be willing to give to others. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when we are able to practice this in our lives, then we are freed from the bondage to these possessions, as it were. We are not holding on to them, but we are willing to give it out. And that enables us to be free before God and others. Number 11, the spiritual exercise of chastity, sexual purity. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. Flee from sexual immorality. God has ordained our human sexuality for marriage. This is why the scripture is very clear. It is not just the actions of lust, but it's also the thinking of lust that we need to be careful about. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 28, Jesus said, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Keeping your eyes pure. Now, you remember John Bunyan for his famous book, The Pilgrim's Progress, but he has also written a book called The Holy War. And here he speaks about the different gates to our soul. There's the eye gate, the ear gate. So the eye gate needs to be protected so that what we are seeing, you know, we are not seeing the wrong stuff that is so very easily available all around us. Keeping our minds pure so that we recognize that this is going to lead to godliness. Temptations will be there, but we need to be careful that we don't give in to them. It was Martin Luther who said, you cannot prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you can definitely prevent it from making a nest on top of your head. So these thoughts will be there because we're living in this type of a world, but as soon as it comes, we need to make sure that we don't allow it to settle down and make the nest but remove it. That is what sexual purity is all about. And number 12, the spiritual exercise of disciple-making. Matthew 28 and 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples. What is making a disciple? To make sure that what you have learned, you are giving it out to others as well. And as you do that, because you are building somebody else up, you also make sure that you are receiving strength constantly. A person who thinks I'm a Christian and that's all that is required, I'm not bothered about somebody else, we find that he will soon give in to temptations, will soon become weak. But as we learn to give to others spiritual things, you have studied something in the morning in scripture, share it with somebody else. And as you do that, we will find that there will be strength that will be built up inside of you. So why don't you start today, isn't it, to flex sinner? your spiritual muscles, as it were, to resist temptation, whatever will come your way, and to see with the help of God how you can become strong. As a practical application, let me ask you this. What temptations are hardest for you to resist right now? We looked at you know, how, what exercises we can do to resist that temptation. Think for a moment, what are the temptations that are hardest for you to resist right now? Do you think you can resist each temptation once today? Concentrate on resisting the temptation with God's help the first time it strikes you. And when, when you find that you are succeeded in that, then you will be able to resist it the 
second time as well, and the third time, and so on. So as you focus on these exercises, make this not a momentary one, make this a regular thing, because if you don't exercise regularly, what will happen? You'll become you know, weak and flabby. But if it's, when you start exercising, you need to do this regularly. Do these 12 exercises, make sure our focus is on God, and then we'll be able to see the strength that is built up inside of us. And you'll be amazed, temptations which you thought, you know, you know, oh, I will definitely fail in this. If you approach a temptation like that, you know, you're going to fail, isn't it? But when you approach it to say, hey, God has given me the strength and to resist, you resist it, you find the victory that enables you to go further as well. Let's bow our heads and pray together.